Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is Thursday, the 2nd of March, 2023. It's uh, noon as we begin here on the eve of Christmas Eve. Uh, I'm Mike A. Race here with uh, Bailey Johnson, our fine crew beat writer. She's been very busy this week. Go to dispatch.com to see all of her dispatches. And joining us now, making his season debut, is the striker, Kyle Robertson. Uh, we've called him up from the River Hounds or wherever he came from. Thanks for joining us. There's a lot to talk about, including in-game experience. But uh, what is in-game experience? Well, well, we'll explore that and much more as we get going here. Let's begin, Bailey, with uh, the last game. A 4-1 to loss to Philadelphia. The Union were at home. Uh, they had their whole, or almost their whole roster back from what was a dominant team in the league last year. Just lost the Supporter Shield and the MLS Cup by hair's breaths last year. A really good team, probably the best in the league. Uh, my pick to win, uh, to probably double this year. How about that? I'll put it out there. And, you know, the crew had the ball for most of the first half, uh, took a one nothing lead on the, in the, did I say nothing there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah very pronounced. In the 28th minute, um, uh, on an own goal, but really was the product of some, uh, fine, uh, tight traffic uh, playmaking by Cucho Hernandez in the box. Um, then uh, you <laughs> the momentum shift, kind of a tough call on a handball uh, in second and first half stoppage time, and it's 1-1 at the break. Uh, Philly had another kick off another tough call handball uh, in the second half. Anyway, the route was on after that. Uh, the union dominated Bailey. Um, what what uh, what was the takeaway from the team and the players and so forth? Yeah, like you said, they had a strong first half. They get that one nothing lead. They give up the penalty kick late, which really swung the momentum. Philly going into that locker room equalized at that point was you kind of had a sense that it was a little bit game over for the crew. Does that mean tied? Mm-hmm. Equalized, tied, one nil, one one, whatever you want to say. Um, Philly hasn't lost at home since September 2021 in the regular season. And at that point, with the way they had started to build momentum, even late in that first half for a few minutes, like I said, kind of a sense that it was game over for the crew at that point. But for the players and for Wilfried Nancy, they take a lot of positives away from the way they played in the first half. One of their big goals for this year is to impose their style of play on their opponent, regardless of what the opponent is trying to do. And for much of the first half, they were able to do that against Philly. They had the ball. They were creating, they could have created more in and around the box, which is something that's been an emphasis for them this year. They had a lot of possession, but didn't do a ton with it, which is something that will come with time. No one's saying that this attack is a finished product at this point. It was the first game of the season for a team that's very much in flux against a team that is almost 100% stable from last year. So a lot of positives to take away. They feel a little hard done by on the two penalty calls, and they think... You know, Wilfried has said a couple of times this week, people who didn't watch the game will see the 4-1 score and say, oh my God, it was a disaster. They got smashed. But really in the run of play, it was 
2-1. And, you know, they had a couple misplays in the midfield where they lost balls on those two goals that Philly came up with in the run of play. Kind of just textbook what Philly wants to do. They're going to win the ball in the middle of the park. They're going to immediately go forward with it and start creating with their, you know, very dedicated attack. So that's sort of what happened. Um, like I said, they take a lot of positives away from it. They feel like it was, you know, all in all a pretty solid performance for week one. And one of the things Wilfried has talked a lot about again this week is um, maintaining their intensity for a full 90 minutes. They do feel like, especially after that third goal um, or the second goal of the second half, the one that made it 3-1 for Philly, they kind of put their head in their hands and yeah, that was the stopped fighting as much. Yeah. Um, and they're going to face a DC team on Saturday that did the exact opposite. They did fight for the full 90 minutes, 90 plus minutes as they came back and won their game right at the end of stoppage time in the second half. So kind of a quick test of their desire to maintain that intensity against a team that did just that last week. We'll, we'll touch on DC in a minute. Um, but Kyle, uh, a couple of things that stood out to me is, is, um, you know, Zeller Ryan for usually there were some fouls. He had some looks at some free kicks. Um, you know, it's tough with Blake and that to, yeah. but the player that stood out to me as a surprise was Matan. Yeah. And, uh, we've joked for a couple of years after this, after the signing that, um, that one kind of sticks out as a swing and a big swing and a miss. Um, but all of a sudden, uh, he's up there as one of the uh, t- attacking mids uh, with with Zella, playing with Zella Ryan um, to his left, and uh, he he. Well, they moved around too. They, they, yeah, they, they and did they do that well. But he Baton really stood out. Yeah. What did you think of the offense? Yeah, I mean, I thought that he was the main reason why they scored that first goal. You know, the the run that he made. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I think it's great. I, I think he was kind of in Caleb's dooghouse, you know, you know <laughs> since he's been here. Um, but you know, it was just well, he's a, loaned out last year. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but he's he, in a Bucharest. Dog yeah, house. but he, but I thought like last year there were times Bucharest. Yeah, yeah it was but part there, of the there were times that he was. I thought he was really impactful. You know, coming down the right wing a lot um, when he when he was playing. But you know, I, you know, yes, that was the other surprise, and the other one is the. You know the the lineup. I mean, he went really young, and um, but yeah, I thought I thought Matan played really well, and I'm curious to see how that kind of plays really well. And and I think they did a really good job of kind of moving. You know, there was no you're on the left, you're on the right. They kind of moved around a little bit, and I thought they did a really good job. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, that's exactly what we talked to Alex Matan about earlier this week. He talked because he's played a lot under Caleb Porter, was much more out wide on the wing. And he talked about how he's first of all, feels comfortable playing that second number 10 role alongside Lucas El Rayon, but also the freedom that they have to move around and create the best play in that moment. One could be on the left, one could be on the right. One of them could pull out wide. One of them could you know, be more in the middle. They really and really all over the field. This team has a lot of freedom to change positions and have sort of some freedom to do what they want to do and be creative. I, I get in the feeling um, after chatting with Nancy earlier this week that, uh, <laughs> that oh, that's a fine right there. 
Big that's a big one. The Podfather, Patrick Flaherty. That's a that's a fine. I, I don't think Jacob will get a fine ever had a fine that's <laughs> going to be this big. But I think yeah. one thing we'll see uh, going forward is is and in, in, you know they they haven't hidden this by any means. But he he was talking about how it doesn't have to be one up top all the time, and and that uh, they're going to change that look up, and it all depends on uh, how comfortable the how quickly the players get comfortable in the system and. And, and start to make the reads to, to uh, morph the, the, the top of the field. Yeah, I mean, you have players. I mean, you have, um, you know, Russell Rowe that came in a little bit. Martinez is still dinged up a bit. Yeah, Christian Ramirez yeah. is still dinged up. There's no timeline. Yeah. Wilfried actually used the word weird to describe yeah. the injury today, which is always what you want to hear about a foot injury. Um, I, he was running at the beginning of training. He's progressing towards a return, but no sense of if it's one week, two weeks, three yeah. weeks. So yeah. they have options up Looking front. Looking forward if, to seeing him, too, yeah. yeah. Um, so the three four two one he trotted out in Philadelphia was Bailey because it did it did get a um, a couple of uh, you know people said whoa wait wait yeah. what, what, what's he putting out there yeah so it was his three four two one which is what we sort of expected his base to be especially in the beginning like you said they're going to be flexible this year they're going to use different looks but this is from everything that I saw in preseason what I expected it to look like I would say the one surprise for me in the lineup was Patrick Schulte in goal. And I may have even said it on this podcast last week that I thought they might go to him, but I wasn't prepared to fully make it a prediction and put it on paper in my projected lineup. Whether I did or did not, that was a belief that I held. Um, no, you said you said yeah. it out loud. Did you I say it out loud? We'll, I, we'll I, give you credit. We don't like to do that. I never, I never, I, I can never remember what I said out loud and what I didn't. You also said the crew was going to win the supporter shield this year. I didn't say that. Okay, well, don't try to trap me into that one. I did not say that. Okay, so the Schulte <laughs> thing you did mention. The Schulte thing I did mention. I thought they might go to him because they've promoted the crew to goalie coach. They like the way he plays. He is used to playing really high on the field, which is what they want when they're playing with a really high line, which is what they want. Um, a tough outing for him with the two penalties yeah. and the two Philadelphia goals. Really the only one you can say he should have had is that fourth goal um, that Joaquin Torres created. He almost got his hand on yeah. it and was just a little bit late, but they were encouraged by what they saw. Wilfried said, you know, obviously it's a tough score line, but liked the things that he was doing, especially with the ball and helping them build out from the back. Um, be interesting to see who they go with in goal on Saturday. Now that Aloy room is back and has been in training this week, that situation is all resolved. So he's good to go. Aloy's good to go. Schulte was, uh, yeah. uh, he ventured forth more than we saw Aloy Room do in the past. Yes, and that's what they want. They want him venturing forth. They want him involved in that way. When They want to play with a super, super high line. I mean, when they had the ball in the final third, he was practically at the midfield circle, right. and that's what they're looking for, um, which raises questions about if that is something Aloy Room can provide, because one of the things with that is you have to be able to get back in goal very quickly when <laughs> things start to go the other way. And we'll see how that shapes out. Well, the, the guy who scores those goals for DC United does those uh, long bombs uh, uh, from midfield over the over a uh, backtracking goalkeeper is is now the coach of DC United. So you know that removes some of the fear from it. Wayne Rooney, as as you mentioned, Bailey, um, not technically his debut, I guess, uh, but his first full season uh, with the team. Um, and uh, they scored two in stoppage time to win three to two over Toronto and. Uh, they're a little nicked up as well. Uh, an impressive debut for them, uh, especially when you consider that that was the last place team in the league last year. Um, and most any any way you want to measure it, uh, so so DC will be fired up. Tr- good for the old fans, a tradition traditional old rival. 
uh, from decades past, Kyle. And uh, oh, those are some good battles. And and uh, and and that'll be uh, Christmas Day or Christmas night. Uh, Seven thirty start. Seven thirty start. What you can count on this year with the Apple TV deal, as they keep talking about. Seven thirty start. We are speaking of Wayne Rooney and this DC team and the fight that they showed on Saturday. We had a really interesting conversation with Wilfried this morning about if this DC team is kind of emblematic of who Wayne Rooney was as a player and that sort of, you know, intense mentality that he had in the bulldoggy kind of way that he could play. And Wilfried said, absolutely. He said he used to show a lot of clips of Wayne Rooney to his teams. And now when he watches this DC team, he sees Wayne Rooney's influence all over them. And it's going to be an interesting game. Like you said, a team that was at the bottom of the standings last year and is widely projected to be there again this year. Um, they took advantage of Toronto getting a little bit banged up early on. Lorenzo Insigne went out with an injury quite early in that game. And Toronto was a little bit reeling from that. And the DC put in the kids and kind of let them go to work yeah. and have fun out there. And it worked out quite well for them. So really very interesting to see how this goes on Saturday. And Wilfred Nancy's home debut. Wilfred Nancy's home debut. And when he was, I was thinking about this this morning, when he was introduced in December, he said one of the things that helped draw him to Columbus was he remembered the feeling that he got when he stepped into Lower.com field working with Montreal. Is that the name of it? Lower.com? Lower.com. That's what they tell me. What the kids call it. I don't even know. DLDC. Yeah, that's I guess what I thought. Yeah. What the kids call it. Yeah. LDC. Yeah. Now, uh, I want to ask. Oh, and Pedro. Pedro returns. Pedro Santos returns. Pedro Santos, who did not play well for DC in yeah. that game. So it will be, I don't even know if he'll start for them. I don't know. Sanch. Yeah. He is a good player. He is. For a long time. Yeah. Think that you think he'll get like a Tifa or something or something cool? He'll get he'll get a nod. Yeah, I mean uh, he was well well yeah. loved and he played. I mean he was a really good player for this team for a long time. Um, what did you think of Apple TV, Kyle? Thought it was all right. I think the crew fans are really going to miss having Neil and Jordan and Brent doing the you know the play by play. I thought the 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 actual product itself looked sharper from what it was on TV. It looked cleaner. Um, I'm guessing Apple has better, you know, TV cameras than what Bally Sports has. And the picture was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought the pregame looked kind of nice the way they had the studio and they kind of did things. Um, but I think it's going to take some time for the play-by-play folks to kind of uh, win over crew fans. Yeah, they were shocked about Patrick Schulte. I mean, yeah. So they they didn't listen to Bailey. No, you know yeah. they're probably like, "Who is this?" Which is yeah, surprising because <laughs> they had a they have you know their broadcast meetings yeah. with the coaches, and yeah. it was right after we got unceremoniously kicked off a of Zoom last Thursday ahead of well, Wilfried was previewing so the game. They just the, Apple, zoom it, huh? the Apple TV guys were zooming in to talk to Wilfried because I think they were you know on site in Philadelphia, yeah. so the crew were doing it from. I, I, if I were the coach, I'd be messing with these guys. <laughs> I, so oh, I, you I should have seen practice guys. I don't. I, like, I don't know what he said to them, but they definitely yeah. were very surprised by Schulte, which surprised me because I would have assumed that that was right. something that Wilfried mentioned to them. Although I, he doesn't love to give out his starting lineups too far in advance. Phil Quinton told us this morning that he still doesn't know if he's going to be in the starting lineup on Saturday, and I believe him when he said that. So I think. You know, nothing is set in stone this far out at this point. Well, but, I mean, you thought you thought it was good, right? Or it was okay? I only heard play-by-play, right. play and I, I only heard the audio for the first half of the game. Uh, I watched the whole game on TV. Um, you know, it's – look, I mean, Bailey, you mentioned something about they're going to try to regionalize their play-by – their broadcasters, and that that would be better. Um, but, you know, this is still a step back from, from a, a broadcasting standpoint – not for the quality of production, which which seemed very good, given that it was their first right. first first weekend, um, but for the the lack of local the, the local knowledge yeah. that you lose when when you get rid of all your broadcasters and because you, they were at practice, Neil and Jordan and Brent, yeah, they, they were they, they knew everything. They had 
you know, they're around every day. Yep. They have the relationships. It's kind yep. of going to the you know NFL model where yep. every game is a national broadcast. And I was not yep. around when the NFL switched to that, but it's kind of going to be that same process, I think, for soccer fans. And that's it's different from a soccer perspective, especially in MLS, because the local broadcasts were for so long, like the voices of these teams. So we'll see how things go. I'm excited. Um, I won't be in Toronto for next week's game. So it'll be the first time I watch a game live. I have watched the replay of Saturday's game a couple of times, but my first chance watching it live will be next week. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes and you know, who the broadcasters are. Let's shift gears to the in-game experience. Now, big, I mean, uh, Bailey had a major public service piece in today's uh, editions of the Dispatch. Uh, you can also find it at dispatch.com. I'm supposed to say please subscribe, so please subscribe. Um, the headline on it was uh, Crew Introduced New Food Options, In-Match ex- comma, in-match Experiences for the 2023 Home Games. Um, and wow, golly, that's... What's, that's, your, what's your favorite? That's, off. that's awesome. Well, you know... My favorite in-game experience ever, and this was a long time ago because even this has changed. It's not even the same building. But when I was covering the Celtics um, in the late '80s and uh, through the through mid the mid '90s, um, they used to have on their game notes on the bottom. It, it used to say uh, halftime entertainment: colon ball boy rolls out rack of basketballs to center court. And <laughs> me being a grumpy old guy, that's my kind of mid uh, of in-game entertainment. I always thought the point was to score goals and win games. Um, and we found out last year how important that was because they tied every game, you know, and that, that was uh, not a great in-game experience. So uh, that, that's always been my focus is on the field. But there are some very exciting developments here, uh, Bailey, including my favorite. They have a new construction zone. They have a new construction zone. I feel like you're setting this up yeah. like I am so excited about this, and that's why I you wrote are, it. You I am are. not. It's for I'm, the kids. I'm not, I'm not excited. I don't zone. have feelings about it, but it's the kind of thing that you write before the season because people are searching for it, and they get to read about it, and, you know. Yeah. Kyle's excited. They've added Garage Beer, Wolf's Ridge, and Zaftig to the Land yeah. Grant selection. Oh, yeah? Yeah. There's so another, there was like the, just like Land the, Grant among your craft yeah. beers. Now there's, there's three more. I like the hard hat notches. Yeah, they've got okay. new, there's new food. There's <laughs> now, the hard hat nachos include uh, barbecue brisket on them, and they come in a hard hat. They come in a hard hat. think they'll be in the media room? Uh, I, I don't know. They are at Columbus Craves, section, sections 122 and 138, so look for the nachos. Um, I don't know how fresh the jalapenos will be, but... Uh, they're pickled, so yeah, yeah. they're an indifferent time, an indeterminate time. They pickle them? They pickle them. Pickle they- onions, not jalapenos. Um, they have the- waffle fries. And speaking of jalapenos, uh, um, Kyle, you're also excited for the bacon jalapeno cheddar broth. Yeah, yeah. That's Anything at, with waffle fries. That's at Links and <laughs> Beers in uh, Columbus Craves, sections 110, 122, 138. Um, personally, I'm looking forward to the smokestack burger with uh, pulled pork, cheddar, fried onions, barbecue sauce, uh, and an IV with Ringer's lactate and, and, and some <laughs> defibrillation paddles. Yeah, I tried a slider version of it at their uh, tasting they had for us last week because our jobs are really hard and boring, and sometimes we get to go have free food. That's at the pub. <laughs> and Dirty Frank's, which is known for piling things on things, uh, they have new desserts. Uh, they have new I desserts. I don't care. After a, after a smokestack burger, I'm not looking for a blondie brownie. with. Uh, um, uh, they're also adding mobile ordering sections to the crew grill in Section 105, Donatos in 107 and 132, and Hot Chicken Takeover in 124. 
I'll pay for your meal if you can figure out how to do it during a game. I can't. <laughs> I, I like <laughs> mobile already. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have delivery. I would I would I would I would order something from New York, you know, and see if it gets here in time. But I, that construction zone really is is. Uh, yeah, we almost got a glimpse of it this morning. The team they, didn't, they let you see. They it? didn't let us see it. The team trained at Lower.com Field this morning, and while we were walking out to go watch the 15 minutes, we're allowed to bear witness to. We were told, "Hey, there might be some stuff out there that is part of the new stuff for Saturday. Do not take pictures of it." And of course, I was ready to take a photo of anything I could see, but it was all gone by the time we got out there. So I have not seen any of it. You didn't get pictures? I didn't get pictures. I got a picture of the stadium, but there wasn't anything out there. They'd already moved it. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle gets pictures. <laughs> um, they've had, there's also some changes in the stadium itself. Um, theater, theater boxes have been added in two corners of the stadium. Uh, tickets begin at $250 million per season. Wait, that might be high. Might be a little high. I don't know though. I don't know. You got to call the rep to get the pricing. You know, it's sure. a, it's an if you have to ask, you can't afford yeah. it type thing. I think. Okay, they're also uh, trying to ruin the Nordeck by stacking a party deck on top of it. That's what I. That's yeah. what I hear. That's what people tell me. What that's uh, that they're, it was that they're in ruining your story. it. It wasn't my story. I, I mean, I didn't write that they're ruining it. That's not what I wrote. That's what people tell me. You did pick them to win the Sporter Shield, though. <laughs> I did not. I picked Philadelphia to win this morning shield. And I will I next time we do this, I'm gonna have the clip of me saying that I don't think the crew is gonna win this Porter Field from our go. first podcast, and I'm just gonna play it. I'm gonna make the pod file. Can you get that? Can you put that so in there? Is she now the anti-shield? <laughs> they're actually gonna win the wooden spoon. <laughs> and they're also going to have a new pre-game match igniter, which hopefully oh, doesn't include any. It's been described to me as are there um, any Buddhist monks involved? No, but it's been described to me as think Kool-Aid man. So I'm not allowed what? to really say anything, and I don't really know what that means, but I've That's been told. Magic yeah, think, you know, in the, the commercials, the Kool-Aid man, like, jumps through the wall. Apparently, it's something like that. I don't I have so no idea. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> That's that's a magic igniter. That's a magic. I don't know what it is. I haven't seen it. They haven't told me anything. I probably am not supposed to say the Kool Aid Man thing, but I think it's hilarious. Yeah. So Kool Aid Man is what I've been told that that is. Now, now the big one, and this this is this is borderline yeah. serious. Is um, is is they're going to they're going to change the goal song. They are going to so, change the goal song. So um, you know, they're uh, let me let me look at my notes here. <laughs> Well, fans will be able to vote for man of the match beginning in the 70th minute. Uh, this sounds that sounds dangerous to me. That's like Blue Jackets PR picking the three stars. You know what I mean? It's like uh, yeah, uh, we'll throw that in there. I have never voted on a three star at a Blue Jackets game, and they don't even give us the slip. So whenever they say by media panel, that's a lie. Yeah, just I know. FYI. I know no, you know that. No, I just wanted they, to get that out there. They just pick whoever they want. Like if some yeah. player bought them dinner the night before, he's a star. Um, <laughs> but anyway, they're going to change the goal song. And it's going to be, there was a fan vote, I guess. It's going to be either Booyah by Showtech, Peppas by Farako or Farako. I don't know how to pronounce Faruko, that. Faruko, I think, maybe? Yeah, Faruko. There you go. I can't read my writing. Uh, that's not Peppas. It's Peppas, right? Peppas, I think so, so yeah. It's, it's not a... Not a song about people you go eat. Okay. And, <laughs> and, and the third choice is Cup of Life by Ricky Martin. Ricky Martin? Seriously? Yeah. Ricky I mean, Martin. It's a 2014 remix of Cup of Life by Ricky Martin. Um, I don't... How about Perry Como? I didn't pick the fan vote. All right, what, what do you, Kyle? Do you know these three songs? No. So, I mean, Podfather, maybe do you know Martin? these three songs? That's your task. You got to get these three songs on here. Uh, Podfather <laughs> did do the show a solid by uh, reinserting our former uh, uh, music, uh, top of the show music, uh, back back into the back into the lead here. So, do you know these three songs? I listened to them when I was. Um, 
it was suggested that perhaps the media might also want to vote in the fan vote. I did not, but it was pointed out to me that it's a song that I will be hearing this season and maybe having an opinion on it wouldn't be a bad idea. So I did listen to them and think about voting and then I didn't because I don't care that much. What would um, you have voted for? I would have voted, I think, for the Peppa song because okay. it was the one that I knew. And it was they had like very specific like sections of the song. It's like from 30 seconds to oh. eight, whatever. So I listened to those parts and only one of them seemed like a good goal song to me. I don't know. We'll see what happens Saturday if they score. I tried to find out what it was and they wouldn't tell me. So, Carl, if you're having a garage beer with a side of hard hat nachos and a main course of bacon jalapeno cheddar brat, which song do you want to hear in the in the new construction zone? Anything no, hey, you're not. You're not in yeah. the construction zone yeah. unless they pick you. To we be can't in go the, in the yeah. new construction. No, zone. it's part of you know with the jackhammer. It's for that. Yeah. If you get the hard hat so nachos, you, yeah. you eat them, and you then you put the hard hat on to go. Can you go into the construction zone? Is what I want to know. I think we're playing construction cove to be very specific. Cove. Cove. All right. I I think we have to end this yeah. show now. Um, it's going to be tremendous, <laughs> tremendous fan experience at the Crew home opener on Christmas Saturday, seven thirty DC United at uh, the new Crew Stadium. Um, thanks for joining us today and putting up with us uh, for the Patrick, the Podfather, Flaherty, our, our excellent uh, producer, uh, and Bailey Johnson and Kyle, Kyle Robertson. I'm Mike A. Race. We'll talk to you soon. Patrick, kick us out of here. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of... Uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.